words of Torah before we turn to our concluding prayers uh, and songs, of course. So our Torah portion is the story of Noah and the flood. I think all of us are quite familiar with that story. I think there's a multitude of children's books uh, that we were either read to us or we read to children telling that story. Why that is the stuff of children's books, because God, of course, destroys the world as part of the story, has always bewildered me. But I imagine it's because you can draw many colorful pictures of animals, uh, and that is why the story is part of children's books. And so if you know, to remind us of the story, God decides to destroy the world because it's filled with wickedness and lawlessness in particular, but God singles out Noah to build this ark and in essence to save the world. And there are three traits that the Torah says that God sees or the narrator tells us that is a part of Noah as to, I guess, a hint as to why Noah was chosen. It says, number one, that Noah was a tzaddik, that he was righteous. Uh, and so righteousness, I think, means someone who does good actively does good. The other characteristic is that Noah is tamim, which means blameless or pure, and I take that to mean he did no wrong. In other words, the absence of doing bad would be blameless. But there's a very interesting qualifier that the Torah offers. It says tzaddik tamim bedorotav, which means he was righteous and blameless in his own age. And there is an old, a very large discussion among the rabbis and the traditional commentators whether Noah was in fact a righteous person or just in comparison to his generation, he looked really good. They were so bad that he looked good. And the rabbis, the majority opinion is it was really just in comparison to others, that he could never have stood next to Abraham and been judged as righteous. But it's Noah was righteous for his own time. That, of course, does beg the question that just doing good might be just in contrast to our own generation, that we only have to do as good as the times allow it, would be with the suggestion of the rabbis. It's not whether someone would be judged from a historical sense as righteous and par excellence, the best of the best, but just you've got you've to stand out and stand above your own generation. But the third quality, the one that I really want to focus on, it says uh, that he walked with God. He talech. And that was the most, the most interesting thing. Because as I pointed out in my weekly message, there's only two figures in the entire Bible who we are told walk with God, uh, Enoch and Noah, both of whom are not Jewish, by the way. Uh, in terms of the Bible, and these are the only ones who walk with God. And I wanted to think about that walking and what it means. Because the Hebrew, actually, hitalech, is reflexive, meaning it's sort of something about walking inside or doing, changing yourself in the walk. It's not just actually to holech, to lalecha, uh, to walk, but actually that you're, there's something happening internally when you walk. And I've thought a lot about walking and the power of walking, something that I think we have lost. And I went back to Henry David Thoreau, who has a brilliant essay about walking. We are so obsessed 
with getting somewhere, the destination, that we forget about the walk, we forget about the journey. And Thoreau, of course, argues that you just have to sort of go for a walk to discover nature and discover yourself. That the purpose of the walk is not to go somewhere and to get somewhere, but it's actually that the walk is the purpose in and of itself. And he writes, this is Thoreau, I have met with but one or two persons in the course of my life who understood the art of walking. That is, of taking walks who had a genius, so to speak, for sauntering. Which word is beautifully derived from idle people who roved about the country in the Middle Ages and asked for charity under the pretense of going from the French to the Holy Land? Till the children exclaim, there goes a saunterer, a holy lander. Some, however, would derive the word from the French meaning without land or without a home, which therefore in the good sense will mean having no particular home, but equally at home everywhere. For this is the secret of successful sauntering. He who sits still in a house all the time may be the greatest vagrant of all. But the saunterer, the saunterer in the good sense, is no more vagrant than the meandering river, which is seeking the shortest course to the sea. It's a beautiful statement about the purpose of the walk, that if we can recover walking in terms of what it offers to us inside. And then I recall the Torah seems to be, be pointing us in this direction. Because the Hebrew doesn't say, as the English would have it, he walked with God. But rather, et ha-Elohim hitalach noach. Which means literally, to God walked Noah. And the sense is that actually God is the destination. That the discovery is, if you put God first, and you imagine that that's the purpose of the walk, to discover something about yourself or something about the universe or something about God, that is the purpose and the destination of the walk. Et Elohim hitalech noach. To God. To God walked Noah. That is the purpose of our walk. And we need to set that as our destination to go for a walk with no destination in mind, but just to discover ourselves and discover the meaning of the world.